0: Everybody. Welcome to Z Prime on the Grid our show about issues concerning the energy industry. I am your host Dylan Lockwood. Joining me as always is my good friend Christine. How are you doing Christine?
1: I'm good. How are you, Dylan? It's, it's good to be in Austin today.
0: Yep we're I was gonna do I was gonna do that whole thing after we'd announced everybody. So now I now I've, now I'm completely out of my intro track. I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing well though Christine. It's, uh, it's a it's a lovely day relatively here in Austin, humidity aside, which I actually like humidity because my skin's pretty dry, so it, it keeps me from flaking, which when wearing a black blazer <laughs> and black t-shirt can make me look like an onion left in the sun. We've also got our good friend Aaron here today. How you doing, Aaron?
2: I'm good. I'm happy to have you and Christine in Austin. It's finally warm, and I've been the one complaining about it being cold and rainy, but it, the sun's out. It came out maybe just for Christine. I don't know.
0: You know, we got a half a foot of snow in Spokane last weekend, so... And we've got Nancy Bowie Thompson here. She is a member of the Board of Directors for the Sacramento Municipal Utility District, otherwise known, of course, as SMUD. How are you today, Nancy?
3: I'm doing great. Happy to be here in Austin.
0: We're here in Austin celebrating the launch of ETS-18, which, if we weren't in a side room, you could probably hear the sounds of raucous partying outside. Uh, But it's... It's a celebration for our flagship event that's coming up here at the end of March. March 26th is the first day, I believe. So Nancy, uh, you're on the ETS Advisory Committee. Uh, What do you like about getting involved with this event?
3: I'm proud to be here representing utility because I think this event brings together utilities, vendors, thought leaders in a really interesting manner. So having a diverse advisory committee lends to that um, theme of bringing different people together with the same goal of, you know, furthering our industry and furthering um, the concept of working together towards, you know, the best utility, the best company that we can be.
0: And she's not even paid to say that. <laughs> What are you looking forward to this year?
3: Well, I'm looking forward uh, to sharing and learning. Uh, I think we have a great uh, lineup of diverse speakers um, from the business community, from utilities on the ground. So I'm excited to hear of the successes. I'm excited to hear about the not so successful projects out there uh, so that we can all bring those uh, projects and concepts to light um, somewhere else and maybe tweak it uh, to customize for our utility, but really looking forward to those best practices so that we can move the needle uh, further and faster.
0: What about you, Christine? What are you looking forward to this year? I
3: mean, like like Nancy, I
1: think it's, it's really interesting to learn um, from the different successes, as well as, you know, where people are coming up against challenges, because this area we're talking about, I mean, it's not only change within utilities in terms of digitalization, but also within cities more broadly, um, within transportation. So it's it's really important to be able to bring these different groups together and start to have some of those some of those conversations. How about you, Aaron?
2: I'm really excited for ETS this year because I feel like we're really starting to get pretty deep into the digitalization journey within the utilities, whereas last year we started scratching the surface and talking about these things on on a kind of a surface level. But over 2017, we started to see some of the things um, that we talked about at ETS 17 play out. And now we're really getting into what are the challenges, what are the benefits of adopting some new technologies, moving away from physical assets, um, things like that. So I, I'm just really excited to explore those issues in more depth, and hopefully have some outcomes or, or first steps for utilities to start taking in 2018 to flesh out that digitalization strategy.
0: The theme of ETS this year, as we've hinted on, is dream and digital. So what does that mean to you? Uh,
3: what dream and digital means to me is a different way of thinking about our business. Um, so. It's no longer just the wires and the poles uh, that we need to think about how we do business and how we interact with our customers in a different way. And that's where the digital component begins. I mean, we just started um, online chat with our customers. And from what I understand, most utilities do not have online chat. But for us as a consumer, we expect that. We expect certain things. We expect the Amazon experience um, with everybody that we deal with, not just Amazon. And so that's where I see the theme as very appropriate in our times is a lot of uh, the utility business, um, they say, looks pretty much the same as when Edison invented electricity. Uh, so that means very manual processes across the board. So. Dream and digital is very time appropriate because we really need to be thinking in digital every day.
2: I mean, I think what Nancy said is exactly right and probably what I think of when I think of dream and digital. I personally have grown up very exposed to um, customer engagement strategies that are digitally focused, you know, in other industries. But now it's kind of cool um, for us to be talking about dream and digital at Energy Thought Summit because you start to talk about About the digital engagement for utility customers which I haven't seen personally um, in my experience dealing with utilities too much so we get to be right here having this conversation starting to see that roll out and how how utilities are going to do that because it's going to be completely transformational in the way we consume energy and the way we interact with uh, the people delivering that energy to us
1: I think Nancy's comment um, about the online chat function um, is, is not surprising. We had done a study even just a couple of years ago and saw that, you know, I think it was somewhere around 40% of the hundred largest utilities in the US even had a mobile app for their customers. Um, I can see a, do maybe doing a study around online chat because, um, yeah, customers are really looking at those, those different ways to engage with their utilities in a digital way. As far as the dream and digital piece, um, I'm actually excited not only to talk about some of the business model change that's going on, but also just people's hopes and fears as they look to technology. Um, maybe bring in some sci-fi discussions, you know, talking about um, how people viewed the future from the past, uh, and really how that kind of shapes our vision of the future and and our hopes and fears and and what what we want to accomplish.
0: Very literary of you, Christine. <laughs> uh, we were touching on how utilities interact with their customers in a digital age, because uh, a lot of thing, times when we're talking about you know the digital future, we're talking about you know assets and data collection and all and all that stuff uh, from the utility end. But I, I uh, other than so other than something like just that type of mobile chat, what's the way that digitalization is affecting the way that a uh, that a customer uh, consumes their energy?
3: Our customers are expecting a totally different experience than in years past. So they want to know their energy use and they want to be able to do something about it. So actionable information is key for customers. And that's what SMUD has been a leader on. We want to give the tools that the customers need to make good decisions to save you money. So we always joke that we're one of the few entities in your world that want you to help save a dollar, as many dollars as you can. We want you to use less. And so we've given um, a myriad of tools to help our customers do this. So with smart thermostats, we rebate all smart thermostats and that leads to our brand new SMUD energy store. So instead of going to Home Depot or Lowe's, you can shop directly with SMUD and buy smart thermostats, Wi-Fi extenders, smart plugs. We want to be able to provide as many tools as possible in your home. We also provide energy monitors for free in public libraries that people of low income means can go check out an energy monitor. We call them vampires of energy. A lot of our appliances you don't know are stealing your energy when you're not even using them. So we have um, free check-in and check-out online monitors. Uh, We have online tools that you can log into your smud.org account to see your usage day-by-day usage do an analysis we have An online calculator if you're buying a car, whether or not should you go all EV or not. So you can compare your car options between gas vehicles and an EV, and it'll tell you how much money you can save. If you want solar on your roof, we have a solar calculator that we can uh, provide for you. You can log in, and it downloads your usage to see whether or not going solar is right for you. We have an online app on your phone um, that you can log into your account, pay your bills, see what's going on. You can get text messages um, on outages um, or your bills. So we realize that it's not just one outlet; is as many outlets as we can to get you engaged and help you save money.
1: How do you go about gathering feedback on on the effectiveness of those those different technologies? Uh, we have a, a study that we did with Nexen a little while ago, where you know it's kind of this A B testing on on emails, where you know a lot of utilities don't do anything like that. They they set up a a program, you know, they let it run its entire course and then, you know, get feedback from that. So how are you collecting feedback on, on where things are going?
3: Uh, just to give a little background as to our board. So our board is a seven member elected board and we set policies uh, that help guide our staff um, define programs. And so every program that our staff um, come up with to help a customer need, we expect metrics and feedback. And so this is done by a um, myriad of channels. So we hire um, organizations like Gallup to do um field polls, we do a direct polling ourselves, we have email surveys, we have actually on our SMUD page, we have a site you can click us um, when we put something new, it's a feedback on that new attribute saying, tell us how this is going for you. So throughout our website, we have various ways that you can communicate with us, you can online chat with us. If you shop at our online um, store or SMUD store, there's a live person um, during business hours that you can chat with to help you find products or to give feedback and then we follow up with you if you're shopping at our store um, if you had a question to say did you really get your question answered so we have various different channels um, where we're collecting information we also collect information directly from our customers through Facebook and Twitter our customers love to tell us uh, their opinions on things and we're happy to accept it
2: so we're talking about all these digital strategies and, and ways to engage with customers that are different than what we've done before but i think we also know that there's still part of your customer base that's not really ready to take that big digital step maybe it's it's the older community that still wants to walk into the grocery store and pay their bill in person so how do you balance that digital strategy that with the customers that want to take that big digital leap versus the customers that are a little too hesitant how do you make sure you continue to bring
3: them along the journey sure so only 35% of our smud base are considered millennials um when it comes to uh, residential customers. And so what we have done is we have a holistic approach because most of our customers don't care to talk to us. Most of our customers don't wanna email us. They don't wanna chat with us. They just get their paper bill and pay it. So what we have is we've provided even larger networks as to how to pay for your bill that's not online. So you can actually go into one of our partners such as Walmart or Target and pay your Smud bill. So you don't have to come to Smud. You can of course come to Smud, we'll always take your money. But we realize that not all customers can come to Smud. We also have payment plans that you you essentially can prepay or tell you know, get a message saying you've now hit a certain amount. So those are for customers who are on a very defined budget. And that can be, you know, various messages, how you would like to receive them. So we still have a majority of our customers that like to read our newsletter, that like to get the bills. And so we realize that being out in the community is essential. So we attend over 400 community events a year with live people, with paper products that go out. And this is a huge... Um, push for us because we realize especially in low income or multilingual communities they're not going to come to SMUD. They're not going to call SMUD. They're not going to talk to us on the phone. So we have to go to the Russian media event. We have to go to um, the Hmong festival. We have to go to the um, you know, Stra- Strawberry Festival in Galt. Uh, so this is a still a very large component um, for our outreach and engagement because when we ask our, our staff, our customers engaged, they have to provide metrics that they went to a variety of different events meeting a variety of needs because at the end of the day, people want their lights on and the bill low. Uh,
0: So it sounds like you guys have a pretty good handle on your on your outreach strategy, both from a digital and from an analog perspective. What's something uh, what's something you feel you could be doing more of or something that you've seen another utility do that you're like, yeah, that's the way to do it. We should do that.
3: You know, I've spent the day here at Austin Energy, and what I have seen is that they're using strategies that are lower-cost strategies that may not be as fancy and cool as we would like. I think... People forget that most of our population does not care about the spiffy and the new. They just want access. And so, for example, instead of spending all this money to install very expensive 150,000 DC fast chargers, let's just install a lot of level one chargers. Let's install level two chargers. Let's give the chargers away to companies and partner with companies for installation so that we can get more access. Um, You know, let's give a little bit more... Um, access to the low income families and put more level one chargers in apartment buildings. So I like looking at rudimentary ways to match with future forward ways to bring more access. I think that's gonna be important as we move forward because not everybody is going to be on the cutting edge or can afford to be on the cutting edge. So how do we impact more customers with lower cost technology solutions that uh, don't break the bank?
0: One thing I do for Z Prime, among the among the editing things I do, I also do I also do uh, a lot of our social media. Not our Instagram. Erin's in charge of that because she's much better at taking pictures than I am. I'm not. I don't have a, phot- a photographic bone in my body, unfortunately. But uh, I mean, you and I have talked about social social media before, and you're one of the more you're one of the more active people on social media in this industry. So, uh, what what role do you think social media has both for inter-industry communication and interaction with customers.
3: Social media is on the top of everybody's mind. When you think about the digital future, it's are you on social media and what avenues? You know, SMUD was slow, I think, on the upcoming um, trends, but within the last two, three years, it's amazing how much that isn't expected from our customer, is having a strong social media um, stance and and presence. And so SMUD, several years ago, said we need to invest in our staff and our people. So we have full-time people in our um, media marketing who dedicate their lives um, to social media. For example, we had a large outage last year that took out many more people than we would have liked. Obviously, we took you know hundreds of thousands of calls from people, but what people turned to was our Twitter and our Facebook because we had staff almost twenty four seven during the outages, uh, responding to people and giving people real time information. I think that's the difference moving forward: is people expect virtually real-time responses. The automated message of we'll call you back when we have more information just doesn't cut it anymore. And so utilities need to understand that people want their information and they want it now and they expect it now. And so we as a utility have taken this responsibility. Yes, it's a little hairy, our staff works some long hours, but we realize the value of letting our customers know what's going on actually helps us as a utility prioritize and and make the um, communication channels actually easier when we are constantly communicating we don't have to package up releases of information we can get the information that people need immediately and to make them feel safer i mean even if they're not going to be on for another eight hours they just want to know so that they can plan they can go to the movies they can come back so no matter what the message is i think before we were afraid of what the message might be just be transparent. And I think that's what social media has really uh, moved forward is transparency. A lot of the what the utility does or will do seems to be behind a wizard curtain. And they, you know, specifically only gave certain information nuggets that they felt were important. Well, that's that model has to change and is changing. And SMUD's adopted model is the more information, the more we can connect with our customers, the more information we can give will make them feel safer um, and trust our utility even more because we're providing that information that is critical to their lives in a timely and efficient manner.
1: So we have a study that's coming out um, around sort of the digital experience for customers and we surveyed customers as well as utilities. And what we found on the customer side was, you know, a lot of customers, if they want information, they're going to, you know, websites or, you know, talking to friends, colleagues, things like that. Um, And the social media piece didn't come up quite as much as we thought. And on the utility side, when we surveyed them, it really came up that hey, you know, we're investing a lot in social media and we really want to be doing that. Do you see that the, the social media piece for for SMUD is more around kind of that emergency aspect? Or do you find people engaging on a regular basis with with SMUD?
3: It peaks during emergency time because, again, most people and we really don't want to bother yeah. our community. I mean, I think we get inundated right in our e- email box. Now it's texting um, and so we try to be very careful with the information that we, we send, but we find that our customers do care about what the utility is doing in the community. You know, we run a trout derby every year and people like that we post about the trout derby and that it's on Facebook and that you can see the prizes you can win. So it's not just about outages. We do find engaged customers. Um, they feel better knowing we're doing um, things in the community to change people's lives. So we will post about grants and we will post about cool energy efficiency projects and we'll get comments. And so I, I feel that the customer is more engaged than they used to be. I I feel that the customer knows us a little better than they used to because we are so much more um, you know, we publicize our events in a different manner now. It's instant. It's Trout Derbies on Saturday. Come on by with your kids and $5. And where that used to come in the mail, um, that used to be on the website. But how many people actually come to the website where people will see our feed through their Facebook feed or Instagram? We had a Christmas light contest. Show us your lights and you we could judge um, your Christmas lights um, through our Instagram feed. So I, the engagement is is not just about outages. It's really about a holistic brand of community involvement, and how we are part of the community more than just keeping your lights on.
0: Yeah, this this is a it's a business event, but it's also a party we're at. So I was thinking we could do some we could do something fun. We could we could play a game, rather a childish game that I'm sure you've played at some point in your in your uh, days at high school or college. It's called Would You Rather. Um, <laughs> A good old camping trip classic. I've blatantly stolen this from another podcast I listen to, but we're gonna do it about energy. So uh, I'm gonna ask you. A, I'm gonna ask you. Would you rather do this or do this or something like that? And uh, I'm gonna when I, I'm gonna pass you the microphone, and then I want you to say which you would rather and give a and give it just a short explanation why because uh, because we are a professional data driven company. <laughs> I can't just say it and then move on. No. Exactly. So uh, we'll start with this one. So. Uh, So, over the next five years, would you rather be an established tech company dealing in legacy technologies or a brand new blockchain based startup?
3: Seeing that I work in tech, uh, in five years, I would prefer to be a brand new blockchain company because. Starting now going for. Going for. for, Yeah, yeah, I would would rather be a a startup blockchain company only because uh, there is a path to be made. Um, and uh, and driven, and I want to be part of that driving crew.
2: I don't know. Nancy was so definitive in her answer, and she knew right away. I think I may take the other side and say I would want to deal with legacy systems because I think the whole industry has to move forward, and we can't forget about some of the technologies that have been so prevalent to helping these utilities um, become what they are today. And I think I would just want to be on uh, the side that's assisting Nancy and the people who are driving the industry forward and kind of playing the, the caboose that's like, all right, everybody has to, has to come along with us on this journey. I would
1: say both, but I know Dylan would get mad at me yeah. if if I said that. So Literally, I have to pick. The the <laughs> I know I'm a rule breaker. Um, no, I would. I mean, I think the startup piece would be would be definitely exciting. Um, just because there's so much change going on in the industry and just to have those startups that are challenging the industry and, and thinking about things differently and are maybe a little bit more scrappy and, you know, not within sort of these larger legacy frameworks could be really helpful. But I mean, it definitely, there's still obviously a ton of value for um, larger organizations with legacy frameworks. And like Aaron said, I mean, it, it's all going to have to work together in a good ecosystem.
0: Would you ra- So would you rather be the secretary of energy or the CEO of Duke? Now you're not gonna you're not quantum leaping. You don't become Rick Perry. Like you, the person, as 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 a as just you would just have that job. Would it be the? Would you rather be the Secretary of Energy or the CEO of Duke?
1: Um, I would probably i probably actually like to be the CEO of Duke because I think it's it really comes down to you know how do we make it work within um organizations and I'm definitely more of like a local slash regionalist type person even though. Uh, Duke Energy is pretty gigantic, Um, but I like that. I like that and empowering, um, you know, economic development and all those sorts of things. So I would definitely err towards the the Duke Energy side.
2: I think I would also go with Duke, mostly because I don't want to be in politics at all. Um, I I like business, and I like the idea of innovation, and um, if I were to be a CEO, which I hope to be one day, Um, I would want to work for a utility that is interested in innovation and driving value for their stakeholders as well as their community. Um, I think it can be very impactful. I think being the Secretary of Energy
3: can also be impactful. um, But for me, I I think I would find more value um, in working for the utility. Well, because I do come from a business background, I would like to be the Secretary of Energy because I think that the people that are running are agencies in this country really don't know how it is on the ground running a utility and setting policy and strategy so i would love to lend that voice of someone that's come from the business world has come from energy and technology and be able to set processes and procedures um, grant making um you know programs to change the way that the utilities do business for the better of the consumer. I think that's what we're missing. We really are missing that that connector between business technology and utilities in our agency leaders uh, so that we can move the needle, that we can get the right utilities in the room, and we can set the right policies to help us get to these 100% renewable goals.
0: I'm just really happy when you guys don't all pick the same one. <laughs> uh all right, so assume, let's assume you work for a utility, not too hard for Nancy. Um, would you rather have a 5-minute a 5-minute long grid-wide outage uh once a week for a year or one we, or one week long outage at some random point in the year?
1: It depends on the week. Um, you know, if it was a, a really nice week in the the mid 70s then I mean probably I I mean I I would say a 5-minute outage just because it would I mean a week long would be be a long time to go without power and and phones so I think
2: I would also have to go with the five minutes because if it's every week, you can get to the point where your customers exp- they know when unless there's sporadic 5-minute outages like one week it's on Monday and one week it's on Wednesday.
0: 5-minute outages are random. Like so, this is for a year. Every once a week, once a week at some point during the week there'll be a 5-minute outage just just for a year. That's the that's the bug in the system.
2: Well, I would definitely have to ask my customers which they would prefer. But I think I would still go with the five minute outage. I live in Texas and the idea of having a week in August without AC is terrifying to me. So I think I could handle five minute outages once a week as opposed to sweating for a week
3: straight, profusely sweating for a week straight. So I would choose the one-week outage system-wide only because, hypothetically, we're all supposed to be planning for this. We are all supposed to be planning for the end-of-days event um, where we're out for a week. Uh, I I would hope that we could sustain um, an outage. It would be uncomfortable. We have had uh, certainly many days outages in our district, but having a five-minute outage randomly through the week would, I think, even be more detrimental because you can't plan for that we have disaster recovery planning that we're supposed to execute, that um, this would be a good trial of that to see could we could we survive an outage. We're a five-minute, once a week, I don't think really tests our resiliency for a catastrophic outage. Again, I would prefer that neither happens, but at least the one-week outage would test if our systems are in place and we're ready for Armageddon.
0: See, I, I think that's the right answer, personally, because uh, the thing is, is that that a couple years ago, there, we, we had a summer in Spokane, where I'm from, where we had this big windstorm and it knocked out power for like 80% of the city for almost two weeks, in fact. And in some areas, it was two weeks. Uh, and when you're in that the cust as from, from the customer side you're in a mindset of of it there's frustration like the more the more it goes on but you're in a mindset of we're in a disaster this is how this is going whereas if you just if you have to reset your microwave like once a week at some random time and you don't and you're like again and then it, that that just like built for a year 52 weeks of that of it just getting more and more irritating it's like the water drop torture
1: i have a microwave that does not have a digital clock on it so I would, that's where I think for me, like I basically have my computer and my phone and they all have battery backup. So, you know, having a five minute random outage wouldn't probably impact me as much as it would.
2: I like how Christine and I's answers are based on what we, what impacts us the most. Whereas Nancy's more concerned, Uh, she really has the utility perspective. She's like, what's best for the community? And Christine and I are like, we have batteries on our phones and I'm not trying to be too hot for a week.
0: Would you rather have the same job you have now forever or any job you want at any time in this industry but you never get any days off? Assuming you do now.
1: I, I would keep the job I have now. Um, I really enjoy what I do and I mean, I get, I get vacation. So um, yeah, I mean, I really like talking about the industry and what's happening. It's been fun to track all the changes.
2: How are you gonna ask me that question as I'm standing right next to my boss? I think I would. you would have to deal with me the rest of your life. Right. Christine just said that she would keep her position, so that definitely impacts my answer. I think I would also um, stay with, with my job. I think right now we're in the transition. You hear the, I've been hearing this term a lot. Um, work, life integration as opposed to your work-life balance, but how do you start to just integrate your daily activities with uh, your work life? And I think at Z-Prime, I've gotten a lot of exposure to doing that, and it's really helped me live um, a value-driven, purpose-driven life between you know what I do personally and, and what I do professionally. And then we, I also do get to uh, go wherever I want because Christine doesn't really know where I am half the time. Um, so I don't think I would give that
3: up. Well... If my elected position at SMUD was full-time and I actually got paid, I would love to do this for the rest of my life. Seeing that uh, public service is truly public service, uh, my day job is tough. Uh, I work a lot of hours, and I don't get very much vacation. And the vacation that I do get, I get to come to things like this to represent SMUD. So I, I would keep my day job only because it allows me to do my night job, which is serve the public at SMUD.
0: All right, and our our last one. So this one is, uh, would you rather have, ready for rollout tomorrow, a comprehensive solution for addressing demand issues caused by home generation and energy efficiency measures in your customers or a comprehensive solution for mass electric vehicle adoption in the next couple of years in your your area? This might affect you more than other places, but let's...
2: Can you clarify, does electric vehicles also include... Autonomous vehicles.
0: Yes.
3: Well, uh, seeing that what we feel is more kind of coming at our face is demand response and managing load from our customers. I mean, we have just signed a fairly large contract for DERMS and EMS system going forward. So if, if someone could just come to us tomorrow with what we will hope to get in two years since we're just embarking that I I would love that plan tomorrow I mean really the balancing of everything not just electric vehicles um, is what's going to change our industry it's more and more people are moving off the grid or trying to move off the grid, but we still have an obligation to serve. So how do we come up with a plan to appropriately balance the energy we have and the energy we might have based on customer generation is key. I mean, our team has been dealing with this for decades, but if someone just came with the perfect plan tomorrow, I think our team who is constantly working on how to balance and and the systems that we're putting in place to manage load and voltage, I know that we would love it, uh, where I feel that definitely uh, electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles will be important and will be a big impact, but really our main goals today is how do we balance all the load that we have and all the load that we might have moving forward in an effective and efficient way.
2: So my personal bias is going to come out on this one too. I definitely understand and think demand response is going to be completely transformational in the way we balance the grid. However, I hate traffic and I think that electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles are the solution to um, traffic problems. I sit in probably an hour and a half of traffic a day in Austin and that impacts my productivity um in other ways and i could be spending that time doing other things so i think i would take the electric vehicle route however um i do appreciate demand response for what it can do for the grid and for our communities
1: is it is it demand response or just distributed generation all right yeah i mean i probably go on the distributed generation side just because of the complexity um within businesses and homes um when you look at things like IOT and all the different devices that would come into play, being able to coordinate all of that is, is really difficult. So if there was a plan in place to to be able to do that, I'd definitely go that
0: way. So on that note, I think we're going to go and join the party. So, uh, I'd like to thank you, Nancy, for coming on. It was lovely to have you here in Austin.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: I'd also like to thank my co-hosts, Aaron and Christine. Thanks for being here, Aaron.
2: Of course, I'm always happy to do these things in person with y'all.
0: And Christine, thanks for showing up to the party.
1: Absolutely, I wouldn't have missed it.
0: Uh, as always, you can find our research and media at etsinsights.com. ETS 18 is coming in just a couple of weeks. So if you haven't registered yet, head over to ets18.co. That's ets18.co. We also have the agenda and the full list of speakers, I believe. Uh, up on up on there, so you can check all that out. Uh, you can find us on social media at Aaron underscore Hardick at HC underscore Richards at DY Lockwood. And what was your Twitter handle?
3: At Nancy Bowie.
0: And Nancy Bowie. My name's Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.